Feeling overwhelmed and frustrated by the obstacles you face? Well, you're not alone. The Resiliency Ninja is here to help. Allison Graham is a speaker, author, and business coach. But most importantly, she's on a mission to give you tools to succeed in times when it feels like life sucks. Now, here's your host, Allison Graham. Hello, and welcome back to the Resiliency Ninja podcast. I'm Allison Graham, your host. And in this insights episode, I am going to share with you how you can learn to love public speaking. Yes, that's right. You can overcome your fear of it. And I know you can because I did it. So actually, I wasn't going to do this when I was going to record tonight. I had another episode planned. But earlier this evening, I was reading at church and I looked out over the group, probably about 750, maybe a thousand people there. And when I was done, it just dawned on me. I had absolutely zero fear. There were no butterflies. There was nothing. I was just like, here I am just normally in front of a thousand people. And it didn't bother me at all. Now, I know that's a church, but I also go and I speak professionally at conferences and I love that. So it's how I earn my living through speaking in front of audiences. And the thing you may not realize, or you may not know if you haven't known me for a lot of years, is I used to be scared to death of speaking like awful. <laughs> so I have a few stories that will illustrate that. So one of the things that happened was not too many years ago, I was out at a networking event and I ran into somebody who's very well known in the community and he's involved with some charities and he and I were talking and he says, what are you doing? And I said, oh, I, see, I go to conferences and I speak and I'm flying off here and flying off there. And, you know, just sort of telling him the reality of what my life is like. And he, he stops me and he says, okay, let me get this straight. <laughs> you you earn your living speaking in front of audiences. He said, I can't even imagine how you do that because you were awful. Like, he's like, I just can't even bring myself to believe that you can do it. So that'll tell you where I started from. And I used to be bright red, crackly voice, lose my breath. And often I would babble on. And the worst thing, the thing that makes me feel embarrassed about it all, when I think back to that time, was that whenever I was in front of an audience, I made it all about me. And, you know, I'd be emceeing because of my role as a columnist with the paper. And, you know, I'd make jokes about my column and, you know, oh, it just makes me cringe. But anyhow, so how do you go from being that red-faced, embarrassed, you know, blabbling person? Although sometimes I still blabble, let's be honest. But I, too, having you know, a lot of confidence in front of an audience. Well, there are a few different keys that I'm going to share with you. And I promise I am not going to tell you to imagine people in their underwear. I don't know why everybody said, oh, it's fun. Just imagine, you know, they're all in their underwear. And I think, well, my gosh, my mind would wander. It would go in a direction that is not teaching people business development and, and or resiliency, which is what I speak on. Anyhow, and I read at church, as you now know, because I just told you about it. So I originally talked about how do you have confidence? How do you speak in public as a little bit of part of my book from business cards to business relationships, personal branding and profitable networking, 
made easy. So this was published by Wiley. It is still in print. It's still available and you can order it through your favorite book retailer from Wiley. So if you want more information on this, that's somewhere to go. I also believe I have other video content that can help you with this. So if you want to learn how to love public speaking and overcome your fear, there are sort of a three pieces of the puzzle. The first is you want to shift your perspective. Okay. The second is that you want to prepare and have the right preparation. And then the third is of course, practice. So even though when I first started reading at my church, which might've been, oh gosh, 2009, 2010. So that's been a long time now. I used to get so nervous and with the right perspective, the preparation, and now a lot of practice, like I said earlier, I was up there tonight, didn't even think twice about it. So, all right, let's talk about perspective. So the first thing is the reason why we get so nervous is because we are focusing on ourselves. Think about the things that you're saying to yourself when you are going up to speak or when you're nervous, when you're in front of a crowd. So for me, it was things like, and perhaps you can relate, it was things like, I am, you know, am I sounding like an idiot? <laughs> I used to ask that. Am I, do I look okay? Is my pace okay? Are they judging me? At the end of the day, the reason we are so self-conscious is because we're totally focused on ourselves. And one of the things that I flipped and got really, really clear on is that when I'm speaking in front of an audience, it's not about me. It's not even about all of them, truthfully, because that maybe feels very much like a lot of pressure. But what I think of is I think of the one person in that audience who desperately needs to hear what I have to say. And I focus as if I'm having a conversation with that one person from a very specific perspective of service. So I'm going to serve that person. And I'm going to serve that person very well so that everybody else who's listening in on that conversation in that room isn't feeling uncomfortable because I'm up there, crackly voice, red face, you know, nervous. When you think from a perspective of service and you remember that the reason you are in front of an audience is to impart knowledge, is to share something of value with the people in the room, then you can shift. And you know what, sometimes the hardest things when we're nervous is it's not the big speech. It's not the reading in front of all these people. It is the simple thing in front of a boardroom where you've got you know 10 or 15 people around a table and everybody has to introduce themselves. That can be really intimidating. And for me, that's actually can be more intimidating than the big audience now, just because I've done so many of the audiences. So the thing that I like to remember when I'm speaking too is that the reason I'm talking or the reason you're talking is because you have something. You have either a piece of knowledge that people need to hear. You have a purpose to welcome people. Perhaps you're emceeing an event. Maybe it's your group and you've got a whole bunch of people who are working with you and you need to be imparting knowledge and inspiring them. So when we focus on how are we going to serve the audience and you can do my confidence worksheets, which I will talk about in another insights video or video or podcast, depending on where you're watching this. So, so that's the first piece perspective, not about you. Get yourself ready before you get up there so that you're not worried about, you know, does my hair look okay? Is my outfit okay? Whatever the thing is that 
making you feel self-conscious and remembering it's about service. So don't think about everybody. Think about the one person who desperately needs to hear exactly what you have to say. That's the first part of the perspective. The second part is preparation. And I used to get really, really stressed about the opening of my presentation because I have heard speaker coach after speaker coach tell us that we need to nail that first two minutes or you lose the entire hour. And that kind of pressure, I'm going to tell you, it sucks. <laughs> like, like screw off people. I, I mean, I'm going to get up there. And if you don't like me in the first two minutes, then, you know, uh, I hope you'll still listen for the hour. I shouldn't say that. I had to start telling people like, please stop telling me how important that opening is. Because my friends in the Association of Professional Speakers will remember, they, I used to be like, and what about the opening? And what about the opening? And you do need a solid opening, but let's take the pressure off and back up. With the right preparation, the more important question is not how are you going to start in the first 10 seconds, 30 seconds, two minutes. Back up before that and ask yourself this. What do you want people to think, to feel, and to do after they've heard you speak? What do you want them to think, feel, and do? And when you focus on that, again, is from a, a place of service that you're in front of the audience. But then you can figure out not just your opening, but your middle, your end, and all the bits in between because you have a vision and you have a purpose for think, feel, and do. So that's really important. I did ultimately end up coming up with a, a really solid opening for my Resiliency Ninja keynote, of course, which I love. And for the business stuff, I also have an, a pretty laid back opening because I have been, just been doing it for so many years that often I'll start with Q&A, which is completely backwards, but it works. And so I think that that preparation, knowing when you start your speech, where are you going after that? Because... I think that is really helpful. And actually, a guy named Bob Gray, he is a memory specialist. So he's a keynote speaker. And I said, you know, sometimes I can't remember my keynote. Like, I'm really nervous that I could forget it. So I recognized it, self-awareness. And he taught me how to remember it. So maybe I'll share that in another podcast. Stay tuned. Going to write that down. So remembering it, but remembering the chunks, not remembering everything you need to say. Because as soon as we get focused on memorizing exactly how we're going to say something, then the mind is having this conversation in the back that's like, oh shit, did I say the wrong thing? Oh, I wasn't supposed to say that now. I was supposed to say that later. Where am I? And you can get off track, which is why I believe in chunking speeches, right? Into a really natural flow. Like here's your you know, a standard would be your opening, your three key points and your sub points for each one of those. And then your closing. And if you can do that and look at your speech from that perspective, it's not as much pressure as if you were memorizing the whole speech. Okay. And then the last thing is practice. Obviously we need to get up there and we need to do more and more and more of it. If you are nervous, I encourage you to go if you have a local Toastmasters in your area, join, get comfortable, make an effort to step up. If you're involved in an, a volunteer organization, offer to be the MC, offer to chair a meeting, get into leadership roles, do small crowds, stand up when you're talking to your group of friends just to practice when you're with them. And 
when you can do that, then you can start to feel more and more and more comfortable because, you know, it's a lot of the anticipation that actually is worse than the actual doing. I remember a a client of mine, we were uh, going up for a conference. I was their keynote speaker. And for him, he was early in a very senior level role. And he said to us, he said, you know what? I'm kind of nervous. I like, (laughs) this is a big deal. It's a big event. And, you know, it's the first time all of these people are going to get to hear me speak. And I really want to nail it. And he nailed it. Like when he got up there, like it was awesome. And he looked really comfortable and sounded great. And, and it really worked. And, and when he got off stage and after I was done my part and we had a chance to chat, we both said, you know what, it's the anticipation of speaking that is worse than the actual speaking. Okay. So if you find that for yourself, Think about what can you do in advance? Sometimes we, we want to keep over-preparing and over-preparing and over-preparing and over-preparing and over-preparing and like then we just get more anxiety. So maybe you prepare until the last time the morning of your big speech and then you spend the rest of the day and you go work out and you go you know have a coffee with a friend or you do a client meeting. Like I love now... I'll take a quick client call before I go on stage because it totally relaxes me and gets me out of my head when it comes to what am I going to do? How am I going to open? And all of that piece. So I hope that helps you. So we want to shift our perspective. It's not about you. It's about serving the audience. And what was the other piece about the perspective? Maybe, maybe you remember not about you. And it's all about service choose one person who you can really focus on and then, you know, just allow everybody else to be in the room with that conversation. Prepare, but don't over-prepare. Don't add pressure to yourself about like, I got to have the best opening or I've got to have the best closing. Just get up there, be you, be thoughtful and strategically design it, but don't over-concern that. Now, preparation hire a speaking coach. There are some phenomenal speaking coaches out there. If you need access to some ideas, please let me know. I have some recommendations for you. I mean, there's just so much stuff that you can get in terms of how to build a speech. But I really believe that the key is what do you want people to think? What do you want them to feel? And what do you want them to do when they listen to you after your speech? Because it's not just about the time that they listen to you. It's about what can they take away from it? And then the last thing is practice. Find every opportunity you can to get in front of an audience because that's how you hone your skills. And if you find that you're getting nervous before, try to distract yourself, prepare in advance, and then just go with the flow. And when in doubt, just embrace the fear. You know, I, one of my uh, clients who is a startup entrepreneur, really successful, has to do a lot of pitches and still gets, you know, nervous before she speaks. And I'll often remind her, I'll say, you know what, nerves and excitement are the exact same emotion with a different story put around it. And so that really helps me as well, because I, even if I do get a little nervous, I go, oh, I'm so excited as going up on stage. And I call it excitement instead of calling it nerves, because when we go into the nerves, we know, you know, start to build the story and it's too much. So that's awesome. Until next time, you know, if you're nervous, it's just one obstacle. It's not something that's stressful. It's 
an obstacle. It's not an adversity. We're going to talk about the continuum of challenges in other episodes. And I think that this obstacle is so, 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 so within your power to overcome. And I know I'm living proof that it can be done, that you can go from being scared to death of speaking to loving every minute of it. And I hope that's what it is for you. So till next time, embrace your inner resiliency ninja. And please, if you love this, share it, subscribe, leave a review. I am looking to really reach a lot of people with this message. And I can only do that if I have your help. So thank you so much and have an amazing rest of your day, night, afternoon, whatever time you're listening to this and pop a comment down somewhere wherever you're listening so I can say hello to you too. Thank you for tuning in to Resiliency Ninja with Allison Graham. We are thrilled to have you as part of our community. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend it on iTunes, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can always connect with Allison at r-ninja.com and find important links to show notes. Thanks for listening. Until next time, embrace whatever obstacles come your way. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.